the voice of Orthodox Christianity. This program is sponsored by the United Orthodox Churches of Michiana. The purpose of this Christian program is to offer you, the listening audience, the opportunity to enjoy a 2,000-year Christian tradition of the Holy Orthodox Christian Church. We pray that it will be edifying, informative, comforting, and that it will strengthen your faith, commitment, and love for our Lord Christ and the one holy Catholic and Amstelic Church that he founded and is head of. Christ is risen, indeed he is risen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, on Thursday of the Renewal Week at Vesperus, in the introductory note of the Pentecostarian we read, we chant the following service to the Most Holy Lady Theotokos of the Life-Giving Spring, composed by Kir Nekiforus Callistus Xantopoulos. Though we do not find such a service mentioned in the Typicon, yet it had been placed here in the Pentecostarion out of love for the Most Holy Theotokos. Pigi, or the Spring, was ancient sanctuary of the Theotokos located outside of Constantinople. There Justinian I built a church and monastery of the Mother of God. Empress Irene was healed by drinking from the source and made rich offering to the church. After the earthquake of 869, Basil I rebuilt the church. Burned by Tsar Simeon of Bulgaria in 924, the church was soon repaired and, and was regularly visited by the emperor. The miracles of the life-giving spring, Zodohos Pigi, continued until the 14th century and were recorded by Nekiforus Callistus Xantopoulos. He himself wrote the service for the feast of its dedication, celebrated in his time on the Friday after Pascha. In 1442, Sultan Murat II made a sanctuary his headquarters while besieging Constantinople. The church disappeared thereafter and was rebuilt only in the 18th century. The legend of the half-fried fish that jumped into the spring during the siege of 1453 is of the late origin. Liturgical references to the Theotokos from the 9th century onward as the life-giving spring led to the creation of a complex icon, the Theotokos with the Christ child before her chest, placed into a basin from which flow streams of water. 
the flourishing of the icon type is surely connected with that of the monastery of Pigi in this period. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this is Father Mile from St. Peter and Paul Serbian Orthodox Church, and you are listening to the voice of Orthodox Christianity of Michiana. Today we are talking on the Sunday of St. Thomas. St. Thomas the Apostle lived in the first century, called Didymus the twin in the Gospel of John, but mentioned by all the evangelists. Thomas was impulsive enough to offer to die with Jesus on the way to Bethany, but dubious both about where Christ was going and the way there. John 11, 16 and 14, 5. Above all, he is remembered as the apostle who refused to believe in the resurrection unless he actually touched the wounds of the risen Christ. John 20, 25, 8. An attitude for which the fathers both blamed him for his lack of faith and thanked him for his skepticism. This was the occasion for reassuring future generations of believers by his confession of Christ's divinity. There is much uncertainty about his missionary work after Pentecost. One tradition placed it among the Parthians, but another, more persistent, placed it in India where the Syrian Christians of Malabar claimed that they were evangelized by Thomas, who was killed by a spear and buried at Milapur near Madras. An ancient cross of stone marks the place where his body rested before its translation to Edessa in 394. But another tradition claims that he is still buried in India at San Tome. The translations of the relics of St. Thomas are a complex story and have left traces in the calendar. From Edessa they were supposed to have been moved to Chios in the Aegean Sea and from there to Ortona in the Abruzzi. Various writings such as the Acts of Thomas, the Apocalypse of Thomas, the Gospel of Thomas and the Infancy Gospel of Thomas are all apocryphal, dating from the 2nd to the 4th centuries. Some of them are Gnostic or Manichaean in origin. In art, the most usual representation of him is the incredibility of St. Thomas, but he also depicted as one of the Twelve Apostles, holding the spear or lance with which he was martyred. But he is sometimes represented with the builder's T-square because in the Acts of Thomas, whence in the Golden Legend, he was said to have built a place for an Indian king.
Because of this, he is the patron of architects, and because of his earlier spiritual blindness, he was invoked for sufferers from physical blindness. In the Synaxarion of the Lenten Triodion and Pentecostarion, on the Sunday of Antipascha, or Thomas Sunday, we read the following. On this Sunday, the second Sunday of Pascha, we celebrate the Antipascha, that is to say, the rededication of the resurrection of Christ, and also commemorate the event of the Holy Apostle Thomas touching the wounds of Christ. This commemoration is due to the ancient custom of rededicating important events. As a year would pass and the date of such an event would arrive, a commemoration was made so that such great events would not be forgotten. This is why the Israelites celebrated the Passover at Gilgal, to commemorate the passing through the Red Sea. They also commemorated the consecration of the tabernacle of witness that was in the wilderness and many other holy events. Since the resurrection of the Lord is the greatest and most important event and beyond all thought, it is rededicated not only once a year, but also on every eighth day. The first rededication of the resurrection is this present Sunday, for it is truly both the eighth day and the first. It is the eighth day after Pascha and the first day because it is the beginning of the other days. Again, it is called the eighth day because it prefigures the unending day of the future age to come, which will be truly the first day and a day that is not divided by a single night. This is why this Sunday is called the Antipascha, which interpreted means in the place of Pascha. We should also know that due to the honor given Sunday by the Lord's resurrection, the holy apostles transferred the weekly day of rest from the Jewish Sabbath, Saturday, to this most honored day. It is also called Thomas Sunday, the reason being as follows. On the day of the resurrection, when Christ showed himself to the disciples in the evening, Thomas was not present, because he had not yet joined the other disciples for fear of the Jews. When he joined the others, not only did he not believe what they told him about the resurrection of Christ and the fact that they had seen him, but he absolutely refused to believe that Christ had risen, even though he himself was one of the twelve. God, the good master in his true economy, waited eight days to make his love more perfect, firmly willing to truthfully verify the resurrection and also the events that had occurred after the resurrection. Thus, Thomas did not believe so that he could more truthfully proclaim to all the belief of the resurrection. Therefore, the Lord came to the apostles again while Thomas was among them. Though the doors were shut as before, he entered and granted them peace according to the custom. He then turned over Thomas and said, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. John 20:27. 20, then Thomas intentionally scrutinized the Lord's side more attentively. And receiving faith through the examination, he cried, My Lord 
and my God, John 20, 28. He said, Lord, in witnessing to the bodily form of Christ and God, in witnessing to his divinity. Then Christ said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John 20, 29. This was the second appearance of Christ. Thomas was called a twin for one of several possible reasons. Either he was born a twin, one of two children born at the same time, or because he was born doubtful of the resurrection, or because by nature the middle finger and the index finger of his right hand were joined together. Since by divine providence he was allowed to doubt in was with these certain two fingers that he would probe Christ's side. Yet others say that it is more likely and more truthful that Thomas being interpreted means twin. The third appearance of Christ was at the Sea of Tiberias during the catching of the fish where he even ate a meal of broiled fish and honeycomb this particular food, as he alone knew, was consumed by the divine fire. This event gave further proof of the resurrection of the body, not only his, but ours in the age to come. After this, he revealed himself on the road to Emmaus. The fifth time he appeared was in Galilee to the eleven, as it is written. From the resurrection until his ascension, he worked before his disciples, many signs that surpassed all nature. However, he did not reveal all these signs to very many, for it was impossible for men yet living in this world to hear such inexpressible wonders.
Kresi, Kristofos Kresi, Radozonese, nebo se snizi, zemlju uzvisi, Kristofos Kresi, Radozonese. Zvona, zvonite svima, javite, Kristofos Kresi, Radozonese, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Christ is in our midst. God became man so that man may become God, said Saint Athanasius the Great. This beautiful quote, used time and again by the Holy Fathers of the Church, sums up the purpose of Christ coming to the world and expresses the love that God has for all mankind. For we humans, my dear friends, are the crown of God's creation. Indeed, when God create, created us, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Genesis 1.26 <clears throat> Although God is mystery and is unknown to us, in his essence he is uniquely close to us, and we humans can experience him through his energies as he is present everywhere and filling all things. But we can go even further. We can have a personal relationship with the Almighty and all merciful God. This is because God revealed himself to us through the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the second person in the Holy Trinity, who became man and lived among us some 2,000 years ago. While Christ's incarnation was necessary to fulfill the promise of redemption, he inaugurated the new covenant the old Israel is superseded by the new Israel, the body of Christ, the church, <clears throat> for the entire human race. Christ revealed the coming of the kingdom, and with this new covenant, all human beings are placed in a right relationship to God through Christ, Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. It was for that, for this reason, that Christ established his church the visible means for all human beings to have a relationship with God, communion with God, whereas the fathers teach that which was visible in the Redeemer has now passed into the sacraments. So we can see that Orthodox Christianity is a way of life. It is a way of life through the holy sacraments or mysteria as our holy church becomes the ark of salvation. The Holy Patristic tradition sees faith as the beginning and foundation of our salvation, and that without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith must be lived, and it expresses itself through love, as St. Paul teaches in his treatise on love. If I have prophetic powers, and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith 
so as to remove mountains, but do not have agapi, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13.2 The result of faith in God forms a relationship between God and man, and from that relationship we begin to understand true love, which St. Paul alludes to when he says, Faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13.13 13. The Holy Incarnation is an act of God's philanthropia, revealing his loving kindness towards mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. St. John 3.16 But for Orthodox Christianity, this philanthropia is not just to correct our mistakes, rather it is to uplift human humans to deification. That is, he came not just as a ransom for our freedom, but to transfigure us into theoses. St. Peter says, <clears throat> we must become partakers of the divine nature, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Or as St. Athanasius the Great and the Holy Fathers put it, God became man so that man could become God. The Orthodox Christian theology sees redemption in positive terms, in the uplifting of our human nature into the everlasting communion with a divine life, which was realized by Christ's redeeming work. The whole destiny and history of mankind was completed in the Holy Incarnation. Orthodox Christianity sees that the Holy Incarnation is the union of the divine majesty with human frailty, and therefore the ultimate redemptive act of God. Accordingly, an Orthodox Christian approaches God in a mystical way, embarking on a lifelong spiritual journey aimed to have a mystical union with God, theoses, which ultimately leads to eternal life. Jesus Christ challenges us to take up your cross and follow me. So we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and God and Savior and become followers and we can do that by living our life in his holy Orthodox Christian Church. As often often hear of the Holy Scripture and Holy Tradition, but we should never neglect the importance of the living spiritual tradition. St. John Climacus wrote the letter of divine ascent, whereby each step on the ladder describes a virtue, and together they describe the progress of a person's spiritual struggle with, which leads to perfection, to deification, to theoses. Many of the saints reach a depth of spirituality whereby they see visions of God. These visions serve as a guiding light to the rest of the world, which is a source of spiritual inspiration and guidance to Christians of all ages. These holy people, who are often referred to as earthly angels and heavenly people, are not restricted to the long past, but in more recent times, St. Siloan the Athenite, only some 70 years ago, his vision serves to show us that even in this modern age, human beings have the capacity to rise to visions. What does all this mean for us? 
It means that we need to grow spiritually to pursue our theoses and theoria, the vision of God, even if we knew the Holy Gospels backwards but have no spirituality, then our knowledge is meaningless. To grow spiritually, our church has spiritual fathers to whom we should go for holy confession and repentance and guidance. We also need to pray, as St. Paul says, pray without ceasing, and for this we can meditate with a Jesus prayer, which is used by the spiritual elders and monks, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So we can see how Orthodox Christianity is a way of life and how we can have a Savior and a living and living our life in the church through the Holy Sacraments, Mysteria, we can then continue to grow in our faith spiritually by having a spiritual father so that we can fulfill our communion and relationship with God, which ultimately leads us to our individual theoses. <laughs> Ελέησον και σώσον ημών. Αμήν. 